This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you in the mornings of American time CDT at 8 a.m. and of course 2 p.m. UK time during the week that I am indeed away at the moment in Chicago. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, plenty to talk about. I have to say, you know, the I talked yesterday about the struggles with uh, with jet lag last night managed to get to sleep at about nine woke up again at 1 a.m which was you know again the usual time i would wake up at 7 a.m at home uh, and slightly before and then push myself to get back to sleep until about four again and then couldn't sleep so i've been up again for another four hours but what i would say is that i think getting an extra three hours four hours sleep than i did compared to last time was certainly a big benefit and uh, i'm feeling a lot more crisp and more awake this morning uh, there's lots to talk about regarding Chicago, which I will do uh, a little bit later on in the show. Um, but uh, we need to talk about all of the stuff going on in the world of Arsenal before that. And of course, Mikel Arteta's press conference took place uh, earlier on today. And that was one of the things I think that I've missed about being away. And certainly something I'll take for granted being based in the UK is that you wake up and then all of a sudden all the quotes are out. Everything's been said, done. And now it's playing catch up. So we're going to talk about Mikel Arteta's press conference that did take place at 9.30 UK time this morning and everything that came from that. Uh, but first, we need to discuss, first of all, who's joining us live in the chapels. Good morning to Mr. SNLO. Good morning to Jose. Good morning to Old Dave. Good morning to Martin. Uh, good morning to Stephen. Uh, Bjorn again. We've got Johnny, Red Star, Marcus, uh, Arsmitz. We've got uh, Bakary Lasagna. SJ Chan, uh, Blackshine, Andreas Nilsson, good morning to you and everybody else joining us in the chat box as well. So good to see so many regular faces, of course, tuning in despite the irregularity of our morning, in quotation marks, show that's dropping today. Uh, good afternoon, uh, everybody in the chat box joining us over in the East as I sit here in the West. Okay, let's go on to today's stories and we kick off with uh, probably what is going to become a bit of a theme of, of unfortunate events uh, happening in the world of Arsenal, which will bleed into the press conferences. But the Arsenal ladies were unfortunately beaten uh, by Manchester United. So the irony of this, of course, with Russo scoring the only goal of the game was that she was the, the player that Arsenal wanted to sign in January to be the replacement for both Beth Mead 
and Viv Miedema. Uh, unfortunately, Arsenal's fortunes are made even worse as Leah Williamson looked to do a serious knee injury again, which could cost her her place not only in Arsenal's team for the rest of the campaign in the Champions League, but a World Cup spot in the England side as well. Really, really damaging blow to both Arsenal and England uh, if the injury is indeed as bad as what we fear it to be. Um, Arsenal's injury record in both the men's and women's game this season has been, quite frankly, ridiculous. So the fact that even both sides are competing in title races is an achievement into itself. But Leah Williamson now joins an extending list uh, of players currently out injured, including Kim, Beth and, and Viv, who I've already mentioned as well. So we wish Leah a speedy recovery and hopefully that she gets back on the field very soon indeed. Now we need to move, as I say, swiftly to the press conference that Mikel Arteta undertook this earlier today. Um, and he discussed a number of topics, including fitness and availability of players, which was not so positive. William Saliba is not expected to play in this game. Uh, Saliba says, regarding William, we still have to wait a little bit more. He's not progressing as quickly as we hoped. And it is, a it is a bit delicate, so we want to be certain when we push him, he's ready to absorb the load and the risk that we'll take, and that's not possible at the moment. Uh, when pushed on it a bit more about whether he'll play this season, he says, I don't know, it's a bit early to know. Probably next week we'll have more certainty. There is some evolution, he's doing more activity, but he's not there yet to start throwing him into the pitch at the level the sessions demand to compete in this league. He was then asked about Alexander Zinchenko as well, who despite being pictured in training, he said, we'll see about that one. It's not certain. It's a muscular injury and it needs some time to heal. And we're not there yet. I mean, based upon those words, it seems that he is out of that game uh, against Southampton, which is a really big, big blow. It's not maybe confirmed, but from the words of Arteta, it does seemingly suggest that Zinchenko, unfortunately, won't be available for that game. Um, which sucks because how we can continue to lose these significantly kind of important players in the team is such a damaging situation for Arsenal's hopes of a title. Last season, it cost us regarding our chase of the Champions League, losing Partey, losing Tierney, uh, Ben White and Gabriel's fitness also came into question. But also this season, losing Gabriel Jesus for the length of time that we did and now having lost uh, Saliba and Tomiyasu, it seems another defender in Zinchenko is also facing fitness problems right before this huge match against Manchester City. But we have Southampton to worry about before that, of course. Now, Arteta did indeed back Kieran Tierney uh, to come into this team with uh, Rob Holding. And the hope will be, of course, that their contribution will be big. He says their contribution is huge, first of all the way they behave around the team, how patient they have been, and when they have to play what they produced in terms of performances, now they are playing more games. They are playing more minutes and will continue to do so. This is why you need top quality players with the right mentality to be ready when you need them on the pitch. And when you are not using them, that must be on the pitch. To contribute to the team right away, those two are great examples of that. So their attitudes, you continue to uh, talk about further, they are both great characters. They're really liked among the players and they bring that special energy to the team. And I'm really happy that we have them. Holding and Tierney obviously are not going to give you what Zinchenko and Saliba give you. We know what they can give us. We know what they're capable of producing. And it's not always going to be as bad as what some people might make it out to be. Holding, though, compared to Saliba is a significant step down. We all know that, but can defend the box well enough that we can hopefully hold out teams like Man City, etc. in the future. But it's going to be a big challenge. Kieran Tierney is a very different player to Alexander Zinchenko. Alexander Zinchenko will bring that inverted nature to his game. We are going to lose 
a lot of that in what Tierney wants to do. Now, he tries. He really does try to kind of take on the responsibility of an inverted left-back, but it's so difficult to see that being successful that I'm just ultimately not sure whether or not it's, it's feasible uh, throughout this season, but we're going to hopefully see a big response and reaction. What I think the positive is surrounding this, of course, and the positive that I think we should take um, is that them playing together for this game potentially in South, against Southampton and then maybe into the Man City game as a back four, it does allow some time for familiarity to grow again between that back four. It's not like, you know, you think about the, the West Ham game. That was the first time that uh, White holding Gabriel and Tierney, I think as a four, had ever played together. So if we are going to use them in the Man City game as a back four, having them play the next two games, including the City match together, hopefully allows for some more familiarity to grow between them so we're not going in cold turkey against Man City in a few days' time. But obviously, we want to see a really, really good uh, good response from that West Ham game against Southampton tomorrow. Now, we, we, we did, interestingly, get a question asked, as I said, in yesterday morning's show. I was hoping that we would get someone to ask a question surrounding Emil Smith-Rowe, and that was indeed asked. Uh, Arteta said he's pushing, and in football, what you did a year ago, a month ago, is not important. It's about what you do now and what you do yesterday and what you do tomorrow. The player has to have the mindset and the contribution has to be now to the team. It has to make us better. It has to make us win games. He's very close. Now, I'm going to speculate here. So don't take anything that I'm saying as, as gospel or fact. This is purely theory. But when Arteta says the player has to have that mindset and the contribution has to be now to the team, and he has to make us better to make us win games. You do get a sense of it's almost as if there's more to this story than just fitness. And I and others have obviously been speculating a little bit that there is more to this story regarding Emil Smith-Rowe than just fitness. I, I, I'm concerned that this is not going to be an issue that's going to be resolved this season. And I'm also more concerned about Smith-Rowe's future at the club and whether or not there is a long-term future for him at Arsenal. Obviously, this season, his injuries has taken a massive toll on him, and that is a huge challenge that he's had to overcome. But I find it odd that he's not been given opportunities from the from the bench. And I know that Arteta said there, it doesn't necessarily matter what you did last season. But when the evidence is there from last season that coming off the bench, Smith-Rowe has provided goals for us, whereas Eddie and Ketty has not sort of a single goal from the bench, uh, since I think the beginning of two, not the last season, the season before that when we played Fulham and he came off the bench to score. That was his last goal in the Premier League from the bench. So there is questions to be asked and they are starting to be asked, but uh, Arteta's answers certainly trying to move the conversation away from what's happened in the past and that everything needs to be focused on the now. Very interesting indeed. Now, Guna Palooza begins today uh, in Chicago. Of course, I'll be attending the event this evening with Mike, John, Jared and others uh, at the Globe uh, pub a little bit later on today, uh, kicking off a weekend of events. Of course, Arsenal's game against Southampton tomorrow. We'll be uh, watching that at Redline VR. And of course, we'll also be uh, doing the event, uh, the live podcast, of course, on Saturday at Redline VR with John, Mike, Sophie, Elliot and Paul from the Arsenal Vision podcast as well. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I managed to get out, as you can see from the picture on your screen. Uh, in fact, I should probably be able to enlarge that. There you go. Um, the river cruise around Chicago was brilliant. Uh, one of the best tours I've ever been on. And you know, 
I'm not usually one to sit and listen to an educational talk about architecture, but it's not usually my thing, but it was really, really good. And if you ever do visit Chicago, I significantly recommend taking one of them because it was really, really interesting. Um, and it was great in terms of the views, you can see from the picture on your screen there. Lots of really, really good sights to see. And I'm very looking forward to much uh, getting into the Arsenal world of America kicking off this evening. Right then, part two, your questions coming up right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's uh, let's jump into the chat box and see what some of you guys are indeed saying. Uh, I answer Saliba and Zinni, just two players missing from the, the pitch. I'm sorry, expectation should be winning against Saints. We have played really well against West Ham in the first 20, so we should continue. Absolutely, we should be Southampton, no matter if we've got uh, Saliba and Zinchenko out. Tierney holding coming in should not limit us to not getting a result in this game. We should absolutely be able to win this fixture. And I'm very much looking forward to hopefully seeing us win in this fixture uh, fixture because it needs to be a win. We need to get the momentum going into the next game. It's going to be massive and I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see the game. I can't wait to see the reaction. And I'm hoping that is exactly what we're going to get. Um, let's go to Tom says, morning, all listening on the drive home from work, catching a live show while not at work is weird. Uh, yeah, it must be showing to some people getting this show at a different time of day. But thank you to everybody that is continuing to tune in. Um, but I have to say, I would be looking forward to getting back to the usual 8am times when I do return uh, next week. Um, Sky High says, I can't see us winning against Man City with Rob holding in defence. Maybe bring Partey in again. Now, this is just isn't the right way forwards. You need to play players in their natural positions. Uh, moving players out of positions like Partey into defence is not the way forwards. It takes away so much from what we can do in midfield. And then, obviously, you'd say bring Jorginho in. But no, it's it's not the way forwards. You play players in their natural positions and ultimately try to get the absolute maximum out of them. And, and that is the best way to approach it. Marcus says, will you be doing a watch along with the Queen of the Arsenal? And others from the South. I don't think we're doing a watch along. No, uh, we're going to be enjoying ourselves watching the game. I say enjoying ourselves. It very much depends upon what happens during the game. But uh, then we've got our podcast on Saturday. And I'm hoping that that's going to be able to be distributed a few days after the live show uh, has taken place. But uh, I, I haven't got a guarantee on that. So I don't know whether it will be available to, to watch back. Uh, Jean says, is it really an advantage to stay out of all the competitions except the Premier League? I doubt it. The length between the matches are too long. And lots of time to get nervous, lose momentum, harder to keep focus, etc. I think, Jean, at the end of the day, there is going to be pros and cons for every single argument debating about whether or not being in European competition or other cup competitions has its benefits. And then fitness, obviously, and injury potential is the other one. We lost Saliba because of him playing in the Sporting Lisbon game. So 
there is always going to be pros. There's always going to be cons, but Arsenal have to deal with the, uh, the hand that they've been dealt themselves and the hand that they've given to themselves by getting eliminated from the Europa League. And there should not be any questions about the availability of players in terms of their fitness. Fatigue shouldn't be a problem because we've got a good amount of time between games to recover and to play. And so hopefully that falls in our favour. What's going to be great, hopefully, with this, this weekend is obviously we get the point, I think just a point, guarantees us Champions League football for next season. So, I mean, that kind of is is, is stopped being talked about. Uh, and it's all about the title, obviously. I know it is anyway, but for a lot of people, just making sure that we've got that kind of peace of mind that top four is is done. It's good. We've got it. And that's the way forward. Um, let's go to... Uh, Temi says, hey, Tom, hope you're enjoying your stay in Ramsdale, Chicago. Thank you, mate. I am indeed. Uh, Owen says, Tom, do you think a tactical change is needed, especially for City? I don't think our back line is good enough to contain the City's form at the moment. Ivan, to be honest, it's difficult to know what any kind of tactical system is going to be able to contain City. There's always this feeling of what can you do to stop Manchester City? What can you do to be able to put this player in this position or can we change the structure? Sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, City are a bloody great team. They are really, really good. Bayern Munich were smashed 3-0 by them the other day and, you know, probably should have lost by more after the away leg, which we did manage to catch, by the way, in one of the uh, pubs on the pier yesterday. Um, Holland missing a penalty in rather chaotic fashion, but then making up for it with a goal later on. They are a brilliant, brilliant side. And I don't think that gets talked about enough in the context of this title race. People want to throw it Arsenal under the bus and say Arsenal are bottling it, etc., etc. But you have to be near perfect if you want to beat Man City to a title. And doing that when you've got the situation that Arsenal have got this season ahead of schedule, punching above their way, to expect that is, you know, it's just unrealistic. So if Arsenal manage to do it this season, it will be an unbelievable achievement. Unbelievable. Uh, Drew says, uh, do you think Partey's performance will be affected by Zinchenko's absence this week? Potentially. We saw Partey's, I think, performance affected by the lack of Zinchenko in the game against West Ham. There's always the potential for that to happen again on Friday. Uh, Jared says, do you ever take a, late, a day off? No. No, I don't. <laughs> you know, if you want to uh, if you want to get into this, you know, a position where you're talking about Arsenal every day, you do it by talking about Arsenal every day. And, you know, I don't take that for granted. And I will not be resting up. Uh, or relenting in any way, shape, uh, shape or form. Um, let's go to scrolling a little bit more. Uh, Nitish says, uh, hey, Tom, finally I get to see this show live. By the way, we shouldn't have been in a position to make uh, a shift players during uh, due to injury. We need two quality players in every position to survive in this era. Um, and we do. And we're working towards that. You know, the idea that Arsenal would have two quality players in every single position moving forwards from this point in the project was not realistic. You know, if you think about what we've done in the market, we've gone out and we bought Ben White, we brought Saliba back into the fold, we bought Tommy Aksu in, we brought in uh, Aaron Ramsdale to be our backup, our, our number one striker, brought in Matt Turner to be the backup. You bring in Kivior, a £20 million left-sided defender to be a backup to another £25 million left-sided defender. You've got Zinchenko and you already had Tierney in the team. You brought in Jorginho in the midfield in the, in the winter window, even though we wanted to bring in Moises Caicedo and also Declan Rice, who we're looking to do in the summer. We look at then trying to bring in a forward like a Mudrick when you've already got Martinelli, Saka, Smith-Rowe as available wide options. Reese Nelson, don't get him. Go and get Leandro Trossard, an established Premier League player. You extend Eddie and Ketty's contract and then you bring in Gabriel Jesus. You know, we're working towards making sure that we've got quality players in multiple positions that are placement one and placement two in the squad. But the expectation that we would have that now and the expectation that we would have a squad that could compete with Manchester City with 
several players out injured is unrealistic. And that's why we are, as we all know, and we all agree, I don't think there'll be many people that disagree, are ahead of schedule in where we want, not where we want to be, but where we've aimed to be. I think we are ahead of that schedule significantly and we are punching above our weight. And so that in the summer, what we need to do is, is go out and make sure that next season's title race, because the expectation next season will be that we will be in the title race again, because that's what you do when you are in a title race. You don't suddenly go, oh, next season, the aim is just to get top four. No, next season's aim is to establish ourselves again as a title challenger. And so to do that, we need to make sure that we look at the midfield, we look at the forward line, we look at the defence and bring in reinforcement and competition, not backups. Remember, the word backup has gone out of our vocabulary these days. That when you can do that, you've added the quality players that you need to establish yourself at the top and get closer to a squad that is more alike to that of Man City. But expecting that to be right now? No, no. It just It's just not the expectation. It's, it's just not we're going to have that in 2023. 2024, fingers crossed. That is the situation we'll find ourselves in. Uh, Dominic says, do you think we should try and contain City and hit them on the counter or go all guns blazing and try to outplay them with our beautiful football, which we know that we can play? Dominic, I think if we set out the stall to try and defend against City, it's going to be inevitable that they score and then inevitable that they win. I think the only way that we get points against Man City is by scoring goals. And we do that by playing the football that we know that we can play. And so I think we need to be offensive when we can. But obviously, you need to be mature enough and sensible enough in the way that you attack so that you don't leave yourself too overexposed, and that you make the right decisions in the right places. Um, Adam says that we're not ahead of schedule. I disagree. Um, says we'll set out another negative record if we don't win. First team with that many points after a season, and then what? Every other team with that many points went on to win. UCL quality players, players like Liao we need to bring in. We are ahead of schedule, Adam. That's where we are as a club right now. You look at the squad available to us. You look at the backup players compared to what Man City have got. Yes, we had a brilliant, brilliant start to the season. We went on winning runs and beating teams and doing well. But you don't win leagues in January. You do not win leagues in January. It's as simple as that. No matter how many points that you've got in that phase of the season, you are not entitled to a league title. You're not entitled to go and win it just because other teams have done it before you. Things change. Things change during a season. Things happen. And losing players at different points of the campaign that have a damaging effect on you ultimately are things that do come into account in the conversation. If you, I mean, feel free, Adam, to send me a, a message with a tweet that you had at the beginning of the campaign that you thought Arsenal would be competing for a title this season. Feel free, and I'll hold my hands up and say that I'm wrong. But I'm willing to bet a hell of a lot of money that your expectation was not that Arsenal would compete for the title this season. You know, we might want that. That's not what I'm saying. We want Arsenal to compete for the title every season. If your expectation was that, I, I'd question whether that's legit or not, because it just is not the case. Um, Jesus's left leg says, Tom, do you think that we can do more in terms of being more press resistant, especially against teams that are better at it than us? I think the terminology of press resistance is certainly something that is misunderstood or not that well understood what press resistance is. You know, people described Jorginho as not being good enough because he's not press resistant. If you watch Jorginho play, Jorginho is stylistically a player that works really well against teams that press. Hence, him being press resistant, the breaking line passes, the situating himself as a sweeper in front of the back four. That is a press resistant style of player when I look at Jorginho. And yet that was what I think rather cavalier in descriptions against him being that. We need to add more players that can obviously do that, the quick elements of passing. But ultimately, it's not necessarily about personnel for me when it comes to press resistance. It's a lot more about coaching. 
It's a lot more about how you play out from the back. It's a lot more about how your movement is dictated, is orchestrated. Um, and you have players in certain roles, in certain positions that know when they are, when someone else is on the ball, they move into this phase of the pitch, this space of the pitch. They know that the, when they receive the ball, what other players are going to be in certain areas, certain zones, so they can then pass the ball out of play, uh, rather in play to those areas in those other positions. So press resistance, I think, is something that's rather misunderstood uh, in kind of the online sphere. And I think it's something that's certainly worth doing your time to research on. Adam says, I thought we would win a trophy. Well, we might yet go and do that. Um, but the expectation that we would compete for a title, nah, it's just just not. And ultimately, I don't think we go and win this title if we're still in the FA Cup, if we're still in the Europa League, because our squad just cannot deal with that level of of um, of the of kind of the competition of needing your players absolutely at their maximum to have a near perfect Premier League record. It just doesn't happen yet. And the potential is certainly there to have a squad that can do that. But right now, it's just not. You know, and if you'd have offered me the chance to drop, to drop out of the Europa League in January, if you'd have told me that that guarantees me that we're going to be in a title race up until the final day and that we've got a chance of winning it on the final day, I would have taken that without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Because I don't, I never thought that we would be able to cope with the Europa League campaign at the same time as going for a title. Because the expectations around this squad compared to what Manchester, Manchester City's squad is capable of, is so, so different. So, so different. Um, Finty says, expectations have to change due to team's performance. Absolutely. And so the expectation this season becomes that we will be in the title race until the end. But the expectation is not that we win it. If your expectation throughout the course of this season is that Arsenal have to win the title this year because of what they've done, I think that's far too harsh. Far too harsh. And you are ultimately underestimating the team that Arsenal are going up against and you're underestimating the resources available to Mikel Arteta. Arsenal should be in a title race until the end of the season. Absolutely. But the idea that your expectation is that Arsenal win the league, I just can't get behind. I can't get behind that situation because the team that Arsenal are going up against have won four of the last five seasons with 90 plus points with the team coming behind them typically also getting 90 plus points and arsenal finished last season on 69 so that's what you're asking of this arsenal team this season and the expectation they would have a you know between 20 and 30 plus improvement in their points tally based upon the additions of gabriel jesus zinchenko uh, as the main kind of bulk and then trossard of course in january as well so it's just it's just not there um, Adam says we need to uh, we need to win it to build belief. This team believed they could win the title ages ago, and as I've pointed out a number of times, if you go back and listen to Mohamed El Nenny speaking after Nuremberg friendly in July, was it? He comes out after that game and says we're going to try and win the title. That's before Zinchenko arrives, by the way. So I know there was all that talk of you know Zinchenko saying when he came into the team said we can go to the title, and some people laughed in the dressing room. El Nenny came out before Zinchenko was anywhere near Arsenal, even being talked about at Arsenal, in that friendly and says, we want to go and try and win the league this season. Edu, when he spoke in America and spoke to Kaya and a number of other journalists, said when asked about the Champions League, that we're not talking about the Champions League. We're not talking about top four. We're talking about competing for a title and finishing as higher up the, t uh, the table as feasibly possible. The belief is not in question. The belief is, is not a thing that we can even question this Arsenal team lacks because the expectation in this team is to always try and finish as high up as possible. But the belief is that this team can do something special. 
That's why players like Granit Xhaka signed new deals because they felt as though they would be able to do something special, and that is ultimately happening um, because it's it's far and away more than what we ever thought that it would be. Uh, Flinty, uh, Flinty says uh, we have been top for ninety percent of the season. Uh, Tom, we can't just say, "Oh well, as Man City are amazing, we've been amazing, and now we have to see it through." No excuses. Um, I hate the word excuses. <laughs> Honestly, the, the amount of like, I don't, I don't think disrespect is probably too far. The amount of attempts to undermine opinions just by saying the words you're using excuses has been something that's been around since the Arsene Wenger days, ultimately. Um, I think it's short-sighted, in my opinion, the use of the terms no excuses, because in football, a lot of things happen. A lot of things happen in football. And no excuses is a really kind of cop-out way of just going, oh, we should win it. And, you know, any argument against that is a load of BS. And it's not true, because Arsenal have lost two of their back four they lost their main striker for the majority of this season, half of this season at least. You know, the idea that the expectation is now you have to see it through, no matter what happens. You know, we lose our most influential player in the team in Zinchenko in terms of our build-up. We lose uh, arguably the second-best centre-back in the league this season in Williamson, behind, in my opinion, Gabriel Magalhaes. But the expectation is still, no, you have to see it through because you've been tight since season. That's ludicrous. It's ludicrous to think that you have to, the expectation is you have to see it through because that's where you are. There's so many things that happen in football. We've been stolen by points by referees not picking up on offsides. We've had idiotic decisions by other officials made in games. We've had, unfortunately, moments where Arteta's inexperience, I think, in terms of his substitutions has led to the wrong choices from the bench being made. And we have had stupid amounts of injuries hit us even though Eric Ten Hag seems to think that we haven't. The expectation that we would see things through, no matter where you are in a season, is it's just not realistic because things happen in football. And let's be honest, Man City have been very, very fortunate with injuries in a campaign that we have kept them at bay for the majority of it. De Bruyne has been available for effectively the whole season. Haaland's been effectively available for most of the season. You know, I think he's missed one game. And then they're able to bring in players like Julian Alvarez to back him up. And they've got Mares and they've got Grealish. And even though Phone's not been there, they've got a hundred million pound left winger anyway to deal with that. You know, it's kind of crazy to have the expectation um, that we would see things through regardless of what happens. No, if we don't win the league, I'm going to be gutted. I'm going to be gutted because I would have think it was an opportunity that we didn't take because we definitely got the opportunity to win the league this season. But I will look back on this season if we finish second of one going, wow, wow, what on earth did we do this year? What on earth did this Arsenal team achieve? Rio Ferdinand had the cheek to come out and say that if Manchester United come third and win the League Cup, and that's their only trophy, that they've had a better year than Arsenal. It's ludicrous. Yes, the idea that you look back on a trophy is, you know, you've got something you can hold on to and say, we won that this season. But the context of the season overall and the journey and the progress and the project of Arsenal in finish second, in finishing second and establishing yourself how many points above Man United in going into a battle with the best team of the last decade and nearly getting there, you know, in the context of what that could mean for next season and the season after that and the season after that and where that puts Arsenal on a pedestal again as a club that is an attractive project for players to join that we could go out and sign a debt from rights. We can go out and try and add exciting players to the team, even more so than we have before. It's amazing. And some people will think differently. Some people will say, if you don't win a, if you don't win a trophy during a season, you failed. 
And look, if that's your opinion, great. Enjoy your life. Because <laughs> you're going to be a lot more miserable than I am. But it's just not the way that I look at it. It's just not my way and my perception of seeing things. Because I look at a season and go, what can I look at across a season that shows you in the direction of the pathway of where we're going? If this season leads to Arsenal winning trophies in the future, it is a cornerstone of that progression of this of what this club is doing, of what this club is trying to get to. For me, you look at a club and if it's moving in the right direction, you're on a good pathway. You're on a pathway to achieving the biggest and best trophies. Arsenal have won FA Cups on their route to getting Mikel Arteta as manager. But we won the FA Cup and Arsene Wenger was still hounded out of this team. People said that when Arsene Wenger won that trophy in 2014, he should have gone. And again, in 2015, people said he should have gone. But if some people feel that a trophy is success, why were we still so desperate to see it moved on? Do you know why we were still so desperate to see Arsene Wenger moved on? Because we weren't moving forwards as a club. Now, you tell me, did Arsenal move more forwards towards being a better team when we won the FA Cup in 2014? Or will have Arsenal moved further forwards as a club if they finish only just second to Manchester City this season? Feel free to let me know in the chat box. But to me, Arsenal will have moved much closer to being one of the more dominant forces in football again and reaching the highest of heights in football by finishing second this season than they would have done by winning the FA Cup in 2014 under Arsene Wenger. Because under, under Arsene Wenger's years at the end of his career, I still felt we were gradually moving further and further from being title challengers. We have moved forward more as a club in this season, despite maybe not winning a trophy, which I don't, you know, we're not there yet. I still think we can certainly um, win a title. I still think we can get to where we want to be this season and win a title. It's not over, far from over. There's loads of football still to go. But the idea that this season is a, quote, failure if we don't win the league is ludicrous. It's ludicrous because we are moving further forwards. You know, Adam says, no, I remember second place. Adam, let me ask you one question. Would you have rather won the FA Cup and finished fifth again this season or have this season as is, but, you know, we, we finished second? Because I know what I'd rather have. I know I'd rather have this season progressing as closer towards winning the what I'm so desperate to see this club win again, which is the Premier League than an FA Cup, which we've won under Arteta already, and yet still people still wanted him out, including myself at one stage, you know, thought there was no way forwards for him after the Villarreal defeat, after he won a trophy the season prior. You know, I want this season because this season is so important to what Arsenal need to do to get back to being one of the biggest and best teams and most competitive teams in the world. Uh, and that's really, really key. Um, let's go to boom, 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 boom. SJ Gunner says, do you think Unai Emery first season at Arsenal was a success after not making top four and losing in the final of the Europa League? Because for me, it was. I don't think Arsenal progressed as a club under Unai Emery. I know we finished, I think, one place higher than the last season under Arsene Wenger. And obviously we got to the final of the Europa League, which we were then embarrassed in one of the worst final performances this club has ever seen. I don't think Unai Emery progressed Arsenal in any way. And actually, if you go back and listen to Lee Dixon's interview with Elliot on the Arsenal Vision podcast, and you hear what Unai Emery did to the Arsenal training ground in terms of taking down images of the club's victories, images of former players, images of the Invincibles, it was taken down because Unai Emery didn't want that weight of Arsenal's success on this team. And did Arsenal get anywhere close to competing for a title under Emery? No. 
And what did Arteta do when he came back into the club? He put up pictures of Arsene Wenger. He put in pictures of Arsenal's identity. He's been key in trying to get things more emotionally attached and romantic around the club. And what's that led to? Year after year after year moving forwards towards where they want to be. Now, it wasn't always reflected in the league position. And we certainly kind of had that little downslope, as I've described a million times on the channel. And, the, you know, the analogies that I've used when you go down and then you upturn and you go forwards, you know, it sometimes won't happen immediately. Sometimes you have to go down and you break and then you turn, you go upwards. And I think you can all agree that the upturn for us has been exponentially better. But uh, it's difficult to see Unai Emery as anything but a mistake for me that we then was a, a stepping stone to finding the coach that was going to take us to where we needed to go, which is our, which is uh, Mikel Arteta. Uh, Akmal says, uh, not liking this depressive tone by some fans. I get being disappointed if we don't win the league, but clearly there is progression. And so there should be hope after that disappointment. Look, ultimately, progression is going to be measured on next season as well. If Arsenal drop out of the top four, this all would have been for nothing. This will all have been for absolutely nothing if we drop out of the top four next season. It has to be about establishment. It has to be about ensuring this club is. And that's why, ultimately, even though when after we got knocked out of the Europa League, I thought it was difficult and I was struggling to see where we would go forwards as a club there with Mikel Arteta at the helm. What I underestimated and what I was too blind to see and to kind of get my head, because if you think about where we were during that season where we finished eighth and we were like 16th or something like that in the table in the first half of the season, and I was blindly just kind of backing things because I really thought that we would, the signings that we were making, the principles that were being instilled, I was like, we need all those things. But then when we lost to Villarreal and we fell out of the Europa League, I kind of forgot everything. I forgot everything that was good about what Arteta had done. And I focused specifically on what a club in Arsenal's position would do. And I thought Man United would probably sack their coach. I think Chelsea would probably sack their coach. I think, you know, clubs that have won big, big things and have established themselves some of the biggest clubs in the world would probably sack their coach. And I think that blinded me in that moment. And I thought, yeah, I think probably Mikel Arteta, I don't really see a way forwards to him. But actually, what Mikel Arteta proved was is that it was always moving in the right direction. And the evidence is across this season. However, if next season we don't progress, and to progress from second, you know, there's only one real way to go from second, and that's to get closer to winning that title you know that has to be the target for next season so don't worry about it, it says what's the expectation if we don't win the league it's to compete for the title again we have to try and compete for the title that has to be next season's aim it's the challenge for the title the expectation if it, manchester city have an expectation to win the league right that's their expectation because that's what they've been able to establish themselves at is being a side that's won four of the last five leagues league seasons it's very difficult to have an expectation of winning the league when Man City are here and doing what they've done. If Arsenal were to win the league this season, the expectation would be for Arsenal to bring in players that put them into a position where they can win it again. If we don't win it this season, it's a huge, huge, huge step forwards that we then have to project to next season to try and compete, to try and win it all over again. Um, Flinty says Arteta needs to get over the line to turn this team into winners, not just top four fodder. Next season, we're in the Champions League. Are there to make up the numbers to win it? Uh, let me read you a quote that uh, I'm assuming you've actually probably not read, um, considering the comment that you just made there. Uh, Mikel Arteta, where is the comment? Uh, he talked about Champions League football 
And he talks about the fact, and use the words that you've just said there, we're not there to make up the numbers. Where is it? Uh, Arteta. Hopefully the comment comes up. Uh, I know this isn't great listening for you when I try and Google and search something, but okay. So I saw this yesterday. Uh, Laura Woods shared on TalkSport in a conversation at a private dinner at the Emirates. Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta said, we are thinking about the Champions League right now. We don't just want to be a part of the Champions League. We don't want to make up the numbers. We want to properly compete. That is the mindset. That is exactly what you want to hear as an Arsenal fan. This is what we are hearing from the manager. This is what he wants to do. He doesn't want to make up the numbers. He doesn't want to make up the numbers as a club. He wants to compete, and I want to compete in the Champions League. Arteta's mindset and everything about Edu and everything about the club, and even Josh Kroenke, who, of course, has received untold stick for things in the past that he deserved untold stick for. But everything about Arsenal these days is not about making up the numbers. It's about competing. Everything about Arsenal Football Club in this moment, in this time, and where we are as a club is about winning. They want to win. They want to get to the top. They want to compete with Man City. They want to compete with Real Madrid. They want to do that. That is the ambition. That is the goal. That is the aim. If you can't see that right now, I don't really know what to tell you. Because um, the evidence is overwhelmingly in the favour of that is what we are trying to do. Everything that we've heard, everything that we've said, everything that we've spent, everything that we've competed to do this season, you know, from playing your best team in the sporting game and losing Saliba and Tomiyasu, you know, it's everything from team selections in those competitions tells you what we're trying to do. And uh, across this whole season, we've been always gilded towards trying to win the league. And that's the way that we are. And I'm glad that's the way that we are as a club as well. Steve says, we are going to head to head with one of the best teams on the planet. Fans have been praying for ages for us to compete again, and now we are, so enjoy it. Uh, Paul says, the club suddenly has rediscovered its identity and has played some exceptional football in an increasingly strong Premier League. We are top of the league, so we have progressed massively. Uh, Tellwood Studios says, progression is more important than winning a cup, but being inconsistent. Ask Chelsea fans. They won a Champions League, and now they can't even buy a win in the league. Uh, Ray says, in my honest opinion, if we were told at the start of the season that we would be in a title race all season, you wouldn't have been called delusion. You would have been called delusional. Absolutely. Uh, so let's enjoy it. Adam says, if you can change your mind about Arteta, you can change your mind about the expectations for this season. Um, it's such a different thing. It's like saying, if you can suddenly like oranges and you didn't like oranges before, it also means that you could suddenly like tomatoes <laughs> you know and in reality no it doesn't mean that because some things are just different and this in this case is just different if you can change your mind about a manager because the manager turns around and the decisions that we make and the way that we compete and the way that we do things the way in which we instill uh, confidence by moving our bad apples from the squad another fruit analogy there for you um you can change your mind on that because you see the evidence of that across you know not just one year across one and a half years to nearly two for this season as well what it shows you is in terms of the expectations around a premier league title race is that manchester city still exists they've not gone anywhere and so the expectation will not change to say the expectation this season is now to win it the goal is to win it the aim is to win it i think the terminology people are using is wrong the expectation of winning a title for me i'm not there the goal the aim is to win it. That is our goal. 
That is our ambition. That is what we want to achieve, is win the league. If you are expecting Arsenal, you're bordering on entitlement, which I just can't get my head around. I can't get my head around ever the entitlement of some regarding Arsenal Football Club. I think it's disrespectful to the other teams that are existing in the league. Entitlement is never something that should factor in as a fan. Never. Manchester City fans are not entitled to win the league. They're not entitled to. Their expectation because of where they are as a club will be more towards that. But the entitlement that some show I find baffling, really baffling. Um, don't worry about it. it. Says, how many players do you think we need to bring in and what position should Arsenal focus to upgrade on? Uh, I think expectations around signings, uh, obviously, are slightly different to when we're talking about league expectations. Obviously, we want to bring in a midfielder. I think we need two. I think we need to avoid the mistake that Liverpool made, which was basically neglect the midfield. We need to make sure that we go out and that we sign two quality central midfielders so that we've got competitors for both Xhaka and Partey next season. I think we need a fullback that can come in and offer us a varied approach to what we currently have at right back. And I think we need to add something a lot more forward thinking, but still of the quality that you're not bringing in a Nuno Tavares for the right hand side. But instead, you're looking to bring in basically kind of a Zinchenko-esque player or maybe someone more akin to a much better Hector Bellerin on that right hand side that can give you a lot more forward thrust, if you like, in that side. And I think that we still need to add something maybe up top as well. I think maybe we need something else that can bring some competition to Bakaya Saka. That's what Arsenal need to be looking at for me in the summer. That's what my expectation around what we hopefully will look to do is, is to bring in a couple of midfielders, a defender and a forward to reinforce, strengthen everything that we've got. Now, that forward could be following Balogun, of course. And yes, I know, I'm very well aware that that doesn't bring you competition to, uh, to, to Saka. But I do think that Jesus can figure as a potential competition on that right-hand side if you were to integrate Balogun into the fold. Uh, Tom says, are you being well enough to look after Magic? You should ask for more. Um, I am being well looked after. Uh, and Magic is, I think, asleep. I was hoping to get his microphone this morning, but... Uh, I think he's pretty hungover still. Uh, it's currently sleeping. Um, let's go. Andre says, I think sometimes as fans, we tend to be a bit too reactionary. If we don't win the title, some people are going to switch to Arteta out, which, by the way, just just prepare your laughs for the people that do that. If For those that feel as though Arteta should be sacked if we weren't win the league, just, just prepare to get your laugh, your chortles. Get ready, get ready for them. They're going to be great. They're going to be great. Um, Flint says, wanting Arsenal to finish this campaign as champions after being uh, top for 90% of the season is not unrealistic. And after two draws, confidence is dropping. I'm backing them to lads to bring it home. That, do you know what that comment tells me? That comment tells me that you've misunderstood everything that I've said. Absolutely everything that I've said. Because what you said there, wanting Arsenal to finish the campaign, is that you saying that you think I don't want them to? Because that's nothing. I've said nothing along the lines of saying I don't want to Arsenal to win the league. Of course, I want Arsenal to win the league. Of course, Arsenal want to win the league. Again, we are deviating from this terminology of using a word like expectation and what the goal slash aim of the club is. The expectation from Arsenal is to progress, improve, get better. You know, that's, that's the way forwards. Wanting to win the league. That's what we want. Expectation and entitlement entitlement is does not exist in football and if you feel entitled as a fan to a title you're in the wrong sport mate. you are in the wrong sport because if you feel entitlement about the club you support you're not in the sport for the right reasons <laughs> you're just not because that doesn't come with fandom 
You know, you're born into your team that you support. Sometimes you may choose your support because you love the club. But if you ever chose to support Arsenal just because they win things, which goes down the glory hunter kind of road, the roots of that, that might be where entitlement comes from. If your reason for supporting Arsenal is because they won things um, and you wanted to support a team that won all the time, you got into the sport for the wrong reasons. I can tell you that for a fact. You know, because not everyone can support Arsenal because they come from the area. That'd be unrealistic. We've got a, a, a fan base of tens of millions of people all around the world that are exceptionally loyal. I'm going to meet plenty of them today later on in Chicago that get up at silly o'clock in the morning to go and watch the club. You know, and they may have chosen to watch Arsenal because they like the colour of the kit, because they've got friends that support the club, because they like the traditions of the team, because they like Thierry Henry or Ian Wright or Liam Brady. You know, but if you ever got into supporting a team because they just won, I have no respect for that. I have no respect for that at all. That's not why you choose to support a team. You know, you might be because of the style of football that they play. Or it might be because your family come from that area. You know, there is one wrong way to choose to support a team, and that's because they just win. Never the right way to choose your team because it bleeds and leads to entitlement. And entitlement is never, ever something that should exist in a football fan's head, in my opinion. No one's entitled to anything in a competition of sport because sport is all about competing to be the best and competing with other teams that can also potentially go in the title. If you are entitled to something, you can't win. You, you can't. You, you can't go into anything with entitlement. Um, it's not the way that fandom works. Tom says, uh, thank you so much for the kind donation, mate. Uh, what did you make of Jesus holding the ball before he missed the Premier League, uh, the penalty kick? Did the mind games backfire and contribute to the miss? It's been bothering me. Uh, no, Tom, I don't think that's a problem. Uh, Arsenal do it all the time. Odegaard would hold the ball. Jesus will hold the ball. Someone else will hold the ball. The idea around holding the ball is to protect the penalty taker, in this case, Saka, from being influenced by uh, the people that might be chatting to his ear. Saka will go and have a little bit of a wander off on his own, out in some space, won't allow anyone to get into his head. Jesus will take the stick. Odegaard might take the stick. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Saka, uh, nothing about that penalty should, should bother anyone, really. Like The only thing that should bother you about the penalty is the fact that he missed. It shouldn't bother you that he took it. It shouldn't bother you that, that he won't take the next one. He will take the next one, by the way. Penalties are missed because we, because players are human. They make mistakes. They're not always perfect. You know, Haaland, the best striker in the world, in my opinion, blazed his over yesterday. You know, players miss pens. It's part of football. It just happens. You know, I'm not going to send a sack as well. I know some horrible, disgusting people have, but I forgave him the moment he missed. The moment he missed out, I was like, you know, it happens. More than that, S-H-I-T happens. <laughs> you know, it happens. So I think with this, things like this, if if that's worrying you, Tom, my recommendation is the worst, you know, it's the worst advice I could ever give anyone who's worried about something. But my advice would be, don't worry. Don't worry about that. It's part of football. They just, people miss pens. It just happens. It sucks. It could cost us big time. But I forgave him the moment he kicked it. The moment he kicked that penalty because he stood up to took it. If you're standing up to take a penalty at Arsenal Football Club, I've got the utmost respect for you because that the weight on your shoulders doing that is worth everything in the world. So I appreciate Saka for scoring the one against Liverpool and scoring others. I appreciate Alexis when he scored his or when Podolski scored his or when Giroud scored his or when Henri scored his. Every time they missed, it sucked. I hated it, but I forgave them immediately. This is what it is. It is what it is. Um, 
let's go to uh let's scroll up a little bit more john says if you feel entitled all you're doing is setting yourself up to be let down big time absolutely uh us arsenal fans chicago is a great city deep dish pizza is amazing have a nice day thanks mate uh, yeah it's good it's good i still am a i'm still a flat based type of guy um Italian pizza all the way, but it was very, very nice. You know, very nice indeed. So I'm looking forward to eating some more food uh, today. It's always the best thing about traveling, the food. It's always the food. Uh, Marcus says, name a regular penalty taker who has never missed Kane's World Cup kick. Still in orbit for starters, exactly. You know, I can't stand Harry Kane as an Arsenal fan, um, but I still am an England fan and I wanted him to score that penalty and he missed it and yeah, it sucked. It hurt more because obviously you're watching a Spurs player let you down even more. And it shouldn't hurt because you should always expect a Spurs player to let you down. But uh, yeah, it's, that was a play. Drew says, would you agree that the way Arsenal have immediately bounced back after conceding anything from a goal to a penalty has been a key factor in our success? I've noticed this from the beginning of the season. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it's not always been the case. And obviously West Ham is a great example of one where we didn't do that. But this season, Arsenal have really responded well to defeats. They've responded well to conceding. You look at the West Ham game, you look at the Fulham game, you look at the Leicester home game, you know, responding to bad moments, whether it was Saliba's own goal against Leicester or whether um, it was being, you know, Man United equalising or going or scoring first against us. Um, Arsenal have, have responded really, really well. They've showed character, mental strength, fearlessness. And it has wavered. And I think part of that wavering comes from a lack of experience in, in title challenging, which is another factor as to why no one's expectation should be on Arsenal to win it, because we've only got two players that have, you know. And so have that to spread throughout the team in such a short space of time, the expectation that they would all suddenly be completely mentally resilient against a title challenge again is, is unrealistic and inaccurate. And that comes through experience. The first time Man City won that league and gradually built a team that had won one season after season you know uh it came from adding players that would be able to do that and uh arsenal have added players that have won leagues and that's i think a massive reason as to why we're able to compete as long and, and hard and fast as we have through this league but uh we still need to add that same experience uh to the fold and if we win the league this season that will be one of the biggest benefits is that our players would have been able to say i've done that i've won the league and that's why it's so important to try and win it um, and I'm really, really hoping that we do. Really, really hoping that we do. Um, I think I've been going on for 50 minutes, which if considering the fact that this audio is terrible because I don't have my microphone with me and I'm doing it at silly o'clock in the morning here in the US, it's kind of crazy. So please do drop a like on the video. I think we've had a really good chat discussion about a lot of topics. So thank you for listening. Do drop a like, do subscribe if you're new. Uh, I'll, of course, be back. Uh, Jorginho has not won the league, Adam, to my understanding. I don't think he's won the league. Certainly won the Champions League, but not won the league. Um, and in terms of uh, what we'll do tomorrow, we'll uh, be back with another morning show. I'm looking forward to see um, so many people that have obviously tuned into the channel over the course of the next few days. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some fantastic people as well who podcast around the world, like Sophie and Elliot and Paul and, uh, and John and, and so many others as well. If you're going tonight, I look forward to seeing you. Um, and if you're going across the weekend as well, same goes as well. But thank you for listening. Drop a like, subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the answer. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. 
Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.